0: You're listening to Prosperous Coach Podcast with host Rhonda Hess, helping you to choose a smart coaching niche and launch your coaching business with confidence. Hey coaches, this episode is about the unmind gold in your coaching business. Find the show notes at prosperouscoach.com/slash one one nine. Because I've studied the strategic art of niching and coaching niches for so long. I've noticed something that no one else is really talking about. There are niches within your niche that will serve you better than staying broad. There are layers. The surface is not the most exciting or lucrative layer. In fact, that lucrative layer is many layers deep. When I work with my VIP clients, we discover a niche that's ideal for them and it's a few layers down to something more strategic than where they started. So let me give you an example, see if you can follow along here. And and if you need to, you know, go to the show notes, because it's all written down there for you. Layer one, of course, is coaching. Coaching itself is a kind of a niche. Another layer in might be the type of coaching you do the track of coaching, such as let's take relationship coaching. Another layer beneath that is to pick A particular type of relationship for the sake of this example, let's say marriage. And then another layer deeper is to put some context around the specific big problem you help the married individual solve. Now keep this in mind as I share one of my VIP clients' niches. Deanna Bryant, whose brand is Revive Your Midlife Marriage helps married women cultivate meaning and intimacy with their husbands after the kids have grown. And by the way, Deanna has a highly insightful podcast called Also Revive Your Midlife Marriage. So if you're a woman in midlife with grown children and your marriage is feeling a bit flat or empty, her show and her services are meant for you. So let's break this niche down into the layers, into the components. Okay. So first Deanna serves women. Yeah. Choosing a gender can help you narrow your niche, but alone the gender is not enough because women is half the world. Men is half the world. You could certainly narrow to one of the non-binary genders and that might be narrow enough. Second, these women are in midlife. It's a tough time of life with specific challenges. And it's smart to pick a time of life sometimes in order to narrow your audience. It doesn't always have to be, but it can help. The next layer down, in addition, these women have husbands. Not all women have husbands, and only some are still with their husband in midlife, you see? So it's narrowing in a really strategic way. And then these women want meaning, and intimacy. That's the ultimate outcome they want. And it's also the big problem they have, the the meaning and intimacy isn't there anymore. So we know this because Deanna did some market research for her audience. And Deanna also adds the phrase after the kids are grown, because that emptiness time is a crossroads in a marriage. Sometimes The kids are the glue holding the marriage together. So I just wonder, do you see how specific Deanna's niche is and how multi-layered it is? It's not just the surface issue of marriage. It's not just the surface audience of women who are married. It's not just the surface audience of women. There's lots of things going on here. So look, lots of people do not understand the value of niching. And if you niche narrowly, as I would have you do, your friends and family may question your wisdom because they don't get it. But their advice to broaden won't actually help you. So I know you might be thinking, but Rhonda, by narrowing in all those ways, Deanna is missing so many opportunities. She's missing the chance to work with men, she's missing the chance to work with unmarried women. She's missing the chance to work with women who don't have grown kids. What do you say about that, Rhonda? (laughs) So the reality is this. In this world we live in right now, we, coaches, must compete for attention. Even if you don't think of it as competition, it's there. The broader your niche, the less attention you'll get. Think about how when you're on your computer, when you're on your phone, you are scrolling through your emails. You are scrolling through social networks. In a way, we human beings are always scrolling and waiting for something to grab our attention through relevance. We ignore whatever is not relevant to us right now. The top of mind issues we're struggling with right now. I think you know I'm right about this. If you've never read Seth Godin's book called Tribes, I highly recommend it. It makes the point that you don't have to serve this huge population. In fact, that's the old-fashioned way of doing things. It's much better to build affinity with a small, distinct group and become a leader for that group. Kind of start a movement, really, with your business and become known for something. What are you known for and that brings me to another layer of niching see i tell my clients to be on the lookout for what's going to help them raise their star fast as they build their business and get the word out this isn't always obvious when you first launch i wasn't always the niche strategist for coaches that happened about two years in to me serving coaches which, by the way, came about because I co-wrote curriculum for Coach Training Alliance and trained over 500 coaches there. And I did some other things there that just put me in the spotlight of coaches. When I realized that the top problem coaches have at the beginning of their business is niches. I studied niches and, I, and then I began offering help for that big acute problem. Because most coaches feel until they solve that problem, they can't go on. That catapulted my business into a much higher level of income, client attraction, and expertise. Why? Because I could be talking about coaching niches on things like this, my podcast, but also on blogs, also on social media. And that grabbed attention, right? Like that. I've said before that I started as a spiritual coach and when I didn't find much traction there, I targeted women entrepreneurs. Now, I want you to keep in mind, coaching wasn't nearly as big of an industry then as it is now. I would hazard a guess to say that coaching has grown exponentially every year since 1997. It's a huge field now. Tons of people streaming into it all the time. What that means is that coaches are a dime a dozen unless they stand out somehow. And just choosing a coaching track does not distinguish you. And again, by a coaching track, I just mean that first layer down in your niche. I'm a life coach, or I'm a relationship coach, or I'm a health coach, an executive coach, a career coach, whatever it is, that overarching area of topic is is really a huge overarching niche too and doesn't really help you distinguish yourself much this may be hard to understand if you're a brand new coach but when you become a service business owner helping others to reach their goals you have to create your own marketplace the more narrow you go in your your niche your audience the easier it is to create that marketplace doesn't that make sense it sounds super hard to do this but it's not I'm not saying it's easy either. And I can tell you without a doubt that the more your services are differentiated from others, the more you stand out, the better you'll do faster, more clients, better clients, longer term clients, referrals, higher fees and income, more profit, all the things you want, you know, the sort of metrics you want will come from you standing out. So back to being known for something briefly, I became known as a coaching niche strategist this way. I was coaching coaches and trying to compete with all the tens of thousands of people offering support to coaches to grow their business. I wanted a joint venture with other people and one such person, her name was Milana, said, Rhonda, why would I help to promote you when I offer exactly what you offer? You need to stand out. So I looked around at all of my colleagues. Many were direct competitors, and I asked myself, how can I stand out from all of them? No one was into helping coaches choose coaching niches because it takes a lot of work to do it. And I find that most mentors for coaches just they step over that part or they gloss over that part. As soon as I began offering specific support for coaches to help them with their coaching niche, my Business jumped a level, and I had co-promoters who were happy to help me raise my star. So the moral to this story is find your standout thing. That's another layer down, right, in your niche. And it might not happen right when you launch. It might take a little bit of time to figure out what that is. Be on the lookout for it. Remember that it has to fulfill a big problem for your specific, narrow target audience. And it has to be something so acute, not chronic, that it causes your audience to seek help. Because if they aren't out there seeking help for your specialty, you won't earn. You'll just give away a lot of free stuff. Stay inspired and make things happen. I'm so glad you tuned in to Prosperous Coach Podcast. Please share this episode with other coaches. And if you're listening on the iTunes podcast app, review this show. Joel Bass did my theme music. Thanks, Joel.